Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you this morning about faith. By faith is the title of the message. And if you ever took the opportunity to read Hebrews chapter 11, what you discovered is that it's basically referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. And that's because it mentions the exploits of these individuals that live by faith. As a matter of fact, if you put all the people together that it talks about, you see over 20 references really talk about by faith, so-and-so did this. It's accompanied by whatever it was that they did to please God. So they lived their lives to please God by faith and accomplished great accomplishments, which is why they're there in the faith hall of fame. For example, by faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. By faith, Jericho's walls came down. By faith, Rahab's family was delivered from death. Amen. Praise God. Well, all that is wonderful, but where did they get the faith? Where did the faith come from for them to achieve such wonderful things? In the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, we know the scripture says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, that's a wonderful statement. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But another way to say it would be, faith depends on what God says. Faith originates where God speaks. And when God says to do something, doing it, acting on it, is really acting on your faith. You're believing something that God said. So what do I mean by that? Well, Noah didn't act on his own. He didn't sit back one day, look over the waters that were around him and say, you know what, just in case, just in case now, those waters ever a flood where I'm living, I better build myself a huge boat. It didn't originate with him. That didn't happen. He got his directive from the Lord who said, you build an ark. He had faith to build an ark because he had the saying of God's word. He heard God say to do it. And then for another example, Abraham didn't sit back one day and say, you know, before I follow the Lord's lead for my life and left the Ur of the Chaldees, we used to worship gods differently. Some of them offered up their firstborn as a sacrifice to let them know how sincere and serious they were in serving their God. Maybe I should sit down and think about talking over to, with, with Sarah, of course. Why don't we offer up Isaac someday? Just to show God how much we love him. No, he didn't do that. He heard the word of the Lord. He heard God speak and say to him, offer up your son as a sacrifice. He got faith to offer up his son as a sacrifice because he heard the word. And how does faith come? By hearing, he heard what God said, and he did it, and he acted upon it. Then the walls of Jericho. I don't think that Joshua sat down with his military strategists and said, you know, 
I realized the best way for us to overcome a city like Jericho and bring down those walls would be a surprise attack, maybe a sneak attack. Getting our military forces all together, getting out a good plan, putting it down in blueprint, just all detailed it out. And then we're going to go in there and we're going to take over the land. I know, I realize that might be the best way, but you know what? We're going to change our strategy this time. This time, rather than going in by a surprise attack, we're going to be passive and subtle. We're just going to walk around the walls. We're going to try to intimidate them with our children and our women. And we're going to walk around the walls once every day for six days. And the seventh day, I think what we'll do is go seven times. That'll really get them nervous. You think that's what he thought? You think anyone would ever think to do something like that? But what did he hear? What did he hear? He heard God's strategy. He did what God said to do. Where does faith originate? By hearing the word of God. By listening to what God has spoken. By listening to what God said and acting upon that. That is faith. And we get faith results when we do what God said to do. Now you might say, well, how is that relevant to my life? Well, I'm just so glad you asked this morning. Look in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse 4. And we'll see how that is relevant to our lives today. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. We have two mindsets represented in that text. The mindset of the prideful and the mindset of the humble. So first, in context, it reveals these two mindsets. Okay, the person who is full of pride, he thinks he can navigate through life or time and eternity on his own. He thinks he's going to navigate based on what he thinks he should do in his life. He's going to make his own choices, his own decisions. He's going to be independent, really, of God or really the help of not too many other people. He's not concerned about anything other than what he thinks. Well, the just person is a little bit different than that. See, he's humble. He realizes he can't navigate through life, time, and eternity on his own. He's not qualified to make those kinds of decisions. He needs someone greater than himself. So the just man relies on God. And what God says and what God speaks, and he's going to act on that and carry out that for his life. So we see we have two different ways here. The way of natural man and the way of the spiritual man. The way of the prideful and the way of the humble. And we go all the way back to the very beginning when Adam and Eve had two children called Cain and Abel. And we see these two ways played out. Cain was prideful. Cain heard what God said. You know, you can hear what God said and not have faith. He heard the word of the Lord. How do I know that? I'll get to that in a minute. First of all, look at Jude chapter 1, verse, there's only one chapter, verse 11. Look what it says. There's a way of Cain. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainstanding of Korah. 
So notice they went the way of Cain. What's the way of Cain? Cain heard what God said to do. But Cain had his own thoughts. He had his own way of thinking. He was going to do it the way he wanted to do it and not do it the way God wanted it to be done. And so he does it his own way. He brings his offering before the Lord. And guess what? When the Lord says, I reject your offering, he's upset. He's angry. But is he upset with himself? No. He gets upset with his brother. Now how do I know he heard the way of the Lord? Because look at Cain. I mean look at Abel. Abel heard what God said. And Abel by faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. By faith did what God said to do. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. How was his offering more excellent? By faith. Faith. And what is faith? Hearing what God said and doing the, it, the way God said to do it. Well, Cain must have heard the same thing because his sacrifice was not one of faith. By which he obtained, that is, Abel obtained witness that he was righteous or just, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. So now we see the two ways represented here. The way of Cain and the way of Abel. Cain is the way of independence, doing it your own way, living the way you want to live, navigating through time and eternity on your own without the word of God, or the way of Abel who says, I'm going to offer my sacrifice, but I'm going to do it the way God said to do it. I'm not going to do it the way I feel I want to do it, or the way I think it should be done. I'm going to do it the way God said to do it, and that's called faith because I heard the word of God. How does faith come? By hearing. And what did he hear God say? Apparently he must have said something about his sacrifice. Because to have faith, it originates with God. You've got to do it the way God said to do it. We don't manufacture our own faith and do it our own way. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Okay, that's the context. But now, what about the command? The just shall live how? By faith, okay? That statement that Habakkuk made way back when is repeated three times in the New Testament. If it was repeated once, that's sufficient for us to look into it. Twice, even more so. But three times he repeats the same statement, the just shall live, how? By faith. So look at Romans chapter 1, and we'll look at these three times it's repeated. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God, the salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live how? How shall the just live? Well, let's add the definition that I used. By hearing what God said and doing it. The just shall live by hearing what God said and doing it. Can you see that? Does that make it a little bit clear? That's what faith is. Listen to what God said because that's how faith comes, by hearing what God said and doing it. Look at the next one in the book of Galatians, chapter 3 and verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live how? By hearing what God says and doing it that way. Whether it's build an ark, offer up your son, 
Walk around the walls. Listen to what God said because that's his directive to you and do exactly what he said to do in that situation. Okay, look at the next one in the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. Now the just shall live how? By faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now notice all three of these are in reference to the salvation of mankind. And salvation is all-inclusive. You realize that. It's everything that God has provided for us in Christ that belongs to us is called salvation. Freedom from sin, sickness, disease, mental anguish, deliverance from the powers of darkness and all the powers of the enemy. All those things belong to us in Christ. Okay, so no man is justified by doing the law. Whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, it doesn't matter. The just, those that are made just or righteous in the sight of God are those that are to live and walk by faith. And so, look in Galatians chapter 2 and verse, I believe, 16, what it says. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even when we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So what is he really saying? There's nothing you and I can do to earn it. Whether it's our salvation or anything else that comes to us from God, it's all been provided for us, how? By the works of another. Jesus is the one that worked out our salvation. Jesus is the one that took it upon himself to see to it that you and I would have a covenant relationship with the living God based on his efforts, his performance, and his works. And so anything and everything that you and I need are found in Christ. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So all these things belong to us, but they're all found in Christ. And they don't manifest in our lives because of the works of the law or the works that we do. But we find out about these things from the Word of God, which tells us what God said belongs to us. And we act upon that. And that's called faith. And what happens? It materializes in our lives. Okay, so the third thing now, and this is quite extensive, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I have to really use this because it's so important for all of us to see how important faith really is. If I could say it this way, faith in the spiritual realm is what money is in the natural realm. We exchange faith for everything that belongs to us in Christ. Just like if you were to walk in a store and you don't have any money and you want to buy a lot of different things, they're probably going to say, sorry, unless you have a medium of exchange, we can't give you anything. So all that Jesus did for us is received how? By faith. So our lives are to be conditioned how? By faith. And let's look at these kind of quickly if we can go through these. And I listed all these for this reason. Sometimes I think we forget just how important true faith is in the life of the believer. Faith is essential. We don't live by our own performance. It's not based on our works, how good we are, how well we keep the law. That has nothing to do with it. 
It's all been done for us in Christ. He fulfilled the law for us and everything is on the table for us to enjoy and experience. And the only way to get it off the table into our lives is by faith. So let's just quickly start with the first thing, number one. And what is faith? Hearing what God said and doing it, right? How many of you here this morning, when you woke up in your devotions, did he say to build an ark? Raise your hand. No one? How many here today, he said to you, um, offer up your first child? No one. You can't have faith for that because he didn't say that to you. How many of you here, he said, walk around your mother-in-law's house 10 times. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hi, (laughs) mother-in-law. So you could bring down the walls and enjoy all the blessings of her food. (laughs) See, you didn't realize those, those walls are keeping the blessings out. Are you getting the point this morning? Okay. Number one, our approach to God. Our approach to God. Hebrews 10, 22. Well, you can't really start there. So let's start with verse 18. Verse 18 says, now whether remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. So let us therefore come boldly, boldly to the, to the holiest place of all by the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to save his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Wait a minute. If I have to draw near to God, if I approach God with true, a true heart, which means sincerity in my heart and full assurance of faith, to have the full assurance of faith, I better hear something, right? Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So my approach to God, I'm going to God. If I'm going to go to the throne of God, I better go the way he said to go, Right? He didn't tell me to walk around the walls. He didn't tell me to offer up my child. He didn't tell me to do the other things or to mention Hebrews 11. But what he did say to do, you approach me, you come with blood. You come knowing your sins are remitted. You come knowing that Jesus' blood has opened up the door to give you entrance into my holy throne And don't come saying, I'm so unworthy and I'm so ugly and I'm so this. He said, you come boldly before the throne with a revelation that you belong in my house because I washed you in my blood and you're my masterpiece. Come to my presence and come with word, the word in your heart because that's faith. So why am I saying that? Because if we're going to praise him this 21 days we're talking about, It's not just, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and sing a song. It's, I'm coming before your throne with praise that starts in my toes and rises up to my soul on the depth of my heart. I'm going to shout out the praise of God because I know what you've done for me, Jesus. 
I know the sacrifice that you made. I know the price that you paid. And I know it took your blood to give me access to the throne. So, Father, I'm coming in with sincerity of my heart. I want to see you move. I want to see your glory. I want to see your power. I want to see you heal the sick and set the captives free. I want you to visit my neighbor. Visit my child. Visit my family who's not saved. I want you to show up in their life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'm coming to petition you the way you said to come. With a sincere heart. In full assurance of faith. My heart sprinkled from all guilt and a guilty conscience. And washed in the pure water of the word. I'm coming because I know faithful is he who promised. Amen. So it's what is faith? Doing it the way he said to do it. But now if I walk up and just say, I'm going well, to have an audience with you, Father. I'm so full of guilt and condemnation and everything else that I can ever think of. And I'm coming. I'm so unworthy to be here before you. I'm not going the way he said to go. That's not how he said to come. He said, be sincere. Fill your heart with faith. How am I going to do that? Hear what he said. Wash in the blood. It's not, it's not about your performance anyhow. It's about Jesus's. It's not about my performance. It's about his. Number two. What's number two? To please him. We can't please him without faith. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is, what's the word? What's the word? If we try to please him with our works, it's impossible. I'm going to do better. Sorry, it won't please him. He'll be happy that you want to do better. But faith is not about you. It's not about what you've done. Do you remember when he said, Hey, Moses, go bring my people out of Egypt. And Moses says, But I can't talk. Moses, who made your mouth? Who made you? You think I don't know you, Moses? You think I don't know your potential or lack thereof? You think you're actually going to do it on your own, Moses? Hang around me for a while. You're not doing this thing on your own. I just need someone to go. I just need someone to show up. I need to someone, someone to be there to stand up before Pharaoh. Moses, can you make Aaron's rod turn into a serpent? Mm -mm. See, it's not about your performance, Moses. Are you willing to do what I'm asking you to do? That's what it's all about. Because see, that's what faith is. I can't please him any other way. I can't please him on my own by my performance. But I can please him when I say, Jesus, you did that for me. I can say, Father, I'm giving you myself as a vessel of honor. Meat prepared for the master's use. If I looked at myself, I could never do it. Never, 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 never do it. But I'm not looking at myself. I'm giving you myself, my body, my spirit, my soul, my body as a vessel of honor. Prepare to meet for the master's use. Go ahead. Tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. Faith is acting on what God says to do. Amen? That's what it's all about. The third one. I know there's a lot here. But by grace are you saved through faith. I believe that's number three, isn't it? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. 
is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For you are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. We were at one time alienated from the house of Israel and the covenants of promise, were we not? Do you think that we got into the covenant uh, talk and the covenant walk because of something that we've done? No, he's the one that sought us out. He came to save that which was lost. He came down from heaven to find us out and to bring us in up out of the miry clay. He did that for us. We didn't do anything. Thank God the Jews rejected Jesus so that we could have him. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. He, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. You don't want to hear me? You don't want to receive me? Because, see, they wanted to, to have it based on performance, what they would do. You can't do it. You can't keep the law. The law was designed to let you know you can't do it. It was designed for failure, to make you fail. You can't do it. So you need a Savior. You need a Redeemer. And thank God we know that. Oh, say, so the point is, we can't be saved without faith. I know it's by grace, but it's through faith. Grace means the whole world saved if they want it. But faith says, I've got to take it. I've got to receive it. I've got to make it mine. So I can't approach God without faith. I can't please God without faith. I can't be saved without faith. And the next one, I'm not justified without faith. Look at this, Romans 5.1. Therefore being justified, how? By faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just read quickly. Next one, sanctified. Acts 26. To open their, this is Paul speaking when Jesus appeared to him. Remember, he wanted to destroy Christianity. He thought he was doing God a service. But Jesus appeared to him and turned his whole life around. He says, this is what Jesus spoke to him. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That is in me. That's Jesus speaking right there. Those are his marching orders to Paul. You go and let them know. They're not going to be sanctified any other way but through faith in me. That's being pretty narrow-minded in our world today. You know, our culture today says there's many ways to find your way to God. Oh, really? Tell that to Jesus. He doesn't buy it. Sanctified means set apart and made holy. You realize you can never make yourself holy. I could never make myself holy. But faith in Jesus makes us holy, sanctified, set apart, meet for the master's use. The next one. Uh, we're preserved. 1 Peter chapter 1, 5. The word kept. Who are kept or preserved by the power of God through faith. It's through faith. What is faith? Hearing and doing what God said unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So now, I approach God, I please God, I'm saved by faith, I'm justified by faith, sanctified by faith, preserved by faith, I am blessed. Look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 9. I am blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Are you of the faith? Then you're blessed. Say with me, I'm blessed. You're blessed with faithful Abraham. You know how blessed Abraham was? He was blessed coming in. He's blessed going out. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed in the basket. Blessed in the store. He was the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. The blessing of God was upon him. God made him who a success, the success that he was. 
rich in all ways, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, materialistically, financially, relationally. He was a blessed man. Praise God. And we are blessed. How? Not by our works, but by our faith. It's by what we believe. Next one. We have access. I love this one. I love this one, especially in our culture today with all these messages, all these messages out there about grace. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. We access grace by faith. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Faith enables us to access the grace of God. You know, God's grace saves. God's grace heals. God's grace delivers. God's grace provides and protects. And the list goes on and on. But how do I access that grace? By my works? No. By my faith. I believe. I believe, Lord, that you said I'm delivered. If you said I'm delivered, I'm delivered. If you said I'm liberated, I'm liberated. If you said I'm healed, I'm healed. If you said I'm made whole, I'm made whole. I'm accessing your grace. You say I'm protected. If you say I'm sanctified, if you say I'm made holy, then you know what? I believe by faith, praise God, because I'm acting on what you said. It's reality in my life. Look at the next one. We stand by faith. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. By faith you stand. You will not fall. Because by faith you stand. So we can't stand without faith. Stand against all the wiles of the devil requires faith on our part. Satan is a defeated foe. How do I know that many are not standing? Because they talk about how the devil's after them all week long. That's all they talk about. The devil's doing this. The devil's doing that. The devil's doing this. Well, start standing. Stand against the wiles of the devil by faith and just say, uh-uh, no you don't. You have no power over my life, no authority over my life. Praise God, I am delivered from your powers and your authorities in the mighty name of Jesus. You have no power over me. Next one, we walk by faith. You know this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by what God says, not by what we see. We walk by what God says. The unseen realm is a real, true realm. It is the real realm. It's the realm of reality that brought this reality into existence or being. The words that were framed were framed by the word of God. So the things that we see were not made of things that do appear. They may appear, but they were not made of things that appear. Made of unseen things. And he has given us access to tap into the unseen things of the realm of the spirit. How? By faith. Do you remember when uh, the prophet was uh, surrounded at Dothan? Elisha with his servant Gehazi. And remember they were surrounded by this Syrian army and the Syrian army was going to take them in over to the king and all that. Remember that story? And when he got up in the morning the servant was so upset because of what he saw. He saw all this going on. He says, how are we going to fare? How are we going to do? Look, they're coming to take us away. And what did Elisha say? Open up his eyes, Lord, that he may see. We should say the same thing. Open up my eyes that I might see that beyond this world, there's something greater out there that's on my side. I'm not alone. He's greater that's within me than he that is in this world. Open up my eyes. And he opened up the eyes of the servant. What did he see? Chariots of fire surrounding all the Syrian army. Can you say amen? He saw them all out there. Gehazi didn't see that before, but the prophet did. But to show you just how human nature is, how short-lived our memory is, what does he do? Later, he goes on and does the wrong thing. And when he does the wrong thing, he doesn't realize that the prophet, uh, he, does, he can see what's going on because he sees in the spirit realm. 
and he sins against God and gets leprosy. How short-lived is our memory when it comes to spiritual things? We are so prone to walk in this natural world that we live in. It's, it's not easy for us to step out of this realm into the realm of faith, into the spiritual realm. See, that's where the true battle really is. The flesh wars against the spirit. The spirit wars against the flesh. Our emotions are in the middle, which is our human reasoning. And human reason says you can't walk on water. But God says, come, walk. But human reasoning says you can't do that. So you step out of the boat and you start walking. And then you start realizing, I'm not supposed to be doing this. By what law am I doing this? And you start to sink. You see, it's not easy to start walking out there on the water and stay there in faith and persevere until the end to get the end result of the miracle. So it's not God denying us. Very often it's just the fact that we don't follow through like we should. And you know what? I'm not against the message that says God's perfect and I'm not. I'm not against the message that says I'm capable of failure, but he's not. Do you agree with that? Can God fail? Is he imperfect? No, we are. We can miss it. Peter missed it, didn't he? And he began to fail, didn't he? Absolutely. Okay, we stand. We walk. We fight. We fight. First uh, Timothy uh, 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. See, it's not a fight of works. It's a fight of faith. The enemy does not want the seed of God's word sown in our hearts until it becomes a tree like a mustard seed, a tree of faith. Where on the inside of us, we have such confidence in Almighty God that we can step out of the boat at any time and walk on that water at any time, no matter what difficulty we might be encountering. Can you imagine standing at the brink of the Red Sea and watching all those waters in front of you and you've got an enemy behind you, you've got mountainous uh, terrain on the uh, right side, left side of you and that ocean before you, that, those mighty waters before you? And you think. So we speak out against the Israelites because what did they say? You brought us out here to die. We're going to die. We're going to die right here. You should have left us back over in Egypt where we served them because you see, at least we had food to eat and water to drink. But now you brought us out here to die. How, once again, how narrow-minded... Once again, how short-lived. They just saw mighty miracles take place beyond measure. And now what happens? There's not time to build a boat. There's not time to make a plane. There's not time to build a bridge. And who would think that the land, the water can separate and part and be congealed and you can walk across on dry land? How about that for an option? Look at how far-reaching faith in God is. He said, go forward and stretch the rod. What's the rod stand for? The word. Declare the word. And those waters, waters parted. And they walked across on dry land. And they got to the other side. And oh, did they sing and worship. And oh, did they praise God. Miriam's tambourine was gone, was on fire. Right? They're worshiping God, singing songs. The horse and rider has drowned to the sea and all that. <laughs> Until they got to the edge of the promised land. Or until they needed water to drink or food to eat. And all of a sudden what happens? Human nature kicks in once again. You ready for this? Yesterday's miracles don't mean you'll get one today. Yesterday's faith that you used to draw from the power of God to get a miracle doesn't mean you're going to have it tomorrow. Because we're living in a fallen world. We're surrounded by doubt. We're surrounded by unbelief every single day of our lives. And if we're not mindful of that fact, we're not going to feed our faith like we should. If we don't feed our faith like we should, we're not going to have the assurance of our heart. If we don't have the assurance of our heart, we're not going to do what God said to do. Why? Because our human nature is going to kick in and take over and we're going to start doing what they did. I want quail. (laughs) 
I want some meat to eat. What was he upset with them? So they get the brink of the promised land. They saw, they saw the ocean, the mighty Red Sea part. But when they got to the waters of, uh, uh, of the Jordan River, that was just no match. See, there were no match for that in the walled cities of uh, Jericho. Staying in faith requires feeding on the word constantly. And it is a fight. You know as well as I do, it's a fight. Fight the good fight of faith because all kinds of physical circumstances rise up like mountains and giants to keep us out of the promises of God. Next one. It's uh, the, the, by faith we inherit the promises of God. The promises of God. Now that's not a right scripture. But it's in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, but that's okay. It's by faith we experience or receive the promises of God. Hold fast your confession of faith without wavering because faithful is he that promised. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. Why? Faithful is he that what? Promised. He made a promise and every promise he backs up with his very life's blood. He actually says in Hebrews chapter 6, we're called the heirs of promise. These particular scriptures I love so much because they're so helpful to our faith. You start with verse chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Be not slothful, but, for, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That, that's the verse that should be there. Hebrews 6, 12. By faith and patience, they inherit the promises. So the promises of God are ours and God is faithful to his promise. But the only way to inherit or the experience the inheritance is by faith. And notice it says through faith and patience, don't be slothful, but follow those who receive the promise. It took time for the promise to materialize in many of their lives. It didn't just happen always instantly overnight. But they held fast, they persevered, they refused to cave in, give up, lose, lose heart and faint. And they experienced the promise of God in their lives. When God goes on to say he could not swear by any, anyone greater than himself, he swore by himself. He said to, to Abraham, by myself do I swear. I swear by myself. You can trust me. I can't even begin to imagine this. But can you imagine if you were someone like Abraham? In the beginning when he made Abraham a promise, you're going to have a child out of your own loins. You and Sarah are going to have a child. And I promise you he's going to be the heir of promise. And the Messiah's going to come in through his loins. He made him a promise. And God, what did I, Abraham say to him? How do I know? How do I know that you're telling me the truth? Hebrews says God swore by an oath. The thing that really helps us have a foundation for faith is to know that God swore by an oath. And once he swears by an oath, he cannot alter the word of the covenant. Not one word that's gone out of his mouth can he change or alter in any way once he swears, if he swears. And so what does he do with Abraham? He said, you want to know that you can know that I'm not going to lie? You want to know that you will know you have a child, you and Sarah have a child? You want to know that you can trust me and believe in me? Go find yourself some as sacrificial animal. Animals. You bring them over here. You make yourself a, a trough right here before me. You slice them down the middle. You, you spread their body parts over each one outside, one on the other side, and let blood flow right through that trough. And then he says, you bring them here. You cut them open and sit back and watch what I'm going to do for you so that you can know for surety that I am going to hold true to my promise to you, Abraham. 
And so he does it, and there is that trough filled with blood of the, all the sacrificial animals. He causes him to take a little bit of a nap. And in that nap, he begins to see some things. And he, what does he see? Almighty God walking up and down the blood. Hallelujah. Ritual. And he's walking up and down. He is giving promises. And he's making promises. He is swearing by an oath. You can trust me. You can believe me. And what I say, you can act upon. I'm telling you, when he, when he cut the covenant, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Abraham said, now I know. Now I know. Well, guess what? Guess what he said to you and to me? You go on reading in Hebrews chapter uh, 6 and verse 17. You know what he says? He says, and to let you and me, to let us know the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, meaning he cannot change. I'm the Lord, I change not. He swore to us by an oath, not by a blood sacrifice of an animal, a bull, a bullock, a lamb, a pigeon, a turtle dove. He swore by the blood of His Son that goes in beyond the veil into the very holiest place of all. He said, you can trust me because I am swearing on the blood of my Son that I will do what I said that I will do for you. Oh, glory to God. Man, I don't know what that does for you. You can trust me. So, we inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6.12. Okay, resist the devil. Resist the devil. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. I need to wear my glasses. I didn't see Hebrews 6.12 there. I just don't like wearing them all the time. They bother me. But it's there. <laughs> Whom resist? He's talking about the devil here. Okay, is the devil bothering you? Is the devil bothering me? Take him in and pet him. <laughs> no. Entertain him. Give him a cup of tea. You know, by acknowledging his power, his authority, his wit. Uh, no. Resist steadfast in, one translation says, your faith. Knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We're going to face the same trials, same tribulations, same attacks of the enemy. Whom resist steadfast in your faith. You take a faith stand and stand against it with every fiber of our being. So you can't resist the devil. We can't fight. We can't get our inheritance. We can't... We, Without faith, we just can't do these things. So we need to know what God said because how does faith come? By hearing what God said. Okay, quickly. We overcome, overcome the world. First John 5 and verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the faith that overcometh the world. Even what? What overcomes the world? Our faith. Well, how can our faith overcome the world? Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And since he overcame the world, our faith is not in ourselves. Our faith is in his achievements, his accomplishments. And it's time we start saying to the world, you have been overcome by Jesus. I believe in him and you are defeated. And so therefore, in Jesus' name, I take authority and I overcome you. Next, uh, we receive the spirit by faith. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2. If we haven't received the Spirit, it's not because God didn't give the Spirit. The only, only 
This only what I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Well, what's the answer to that question? By the hearing of faith, not by the works of the law. We work miracles. Look at the verse 5, Galatians 3, verse 5. He, therefore, that ministers to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And the answer is, by the hearing of faith. Okay, look at the next one. We move mountains. Anybody got a mountain that needs moved? Matthew 17, verse 20. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence the yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So now by faith we move mountains, and by faith we make all things possible. Okay, we're talking about the importance of faith. We're talking about what we can do and should do by faith. Look at the next one. We have our prayers answered. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. One translation says, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, believe, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Notice the place of faith in answered prayer. I got to believe I receive it before I have it. If I believe I receive it, and really the word receive, there is a strong Greek word. It means believe you take it by force. Take it. You know that song we used to sing? I took Jesus as my Savior. Won't you take him too? I took him as my Savior. I received him as my Savior. We've got to receive everything else the same way. With the same kind of tenacity of faith. I'm receiving this victory in my life or whatever the case might be. Look at the next one. Uh, receive wisdom and all that God has given. God is a giving God who gives to all men liberty and upbraids not. If any of you will ask wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberty and upbraids not, and he sh it shall be given him. But let him ask how? In faith, nothing wavering. Why? He that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind of toss. Let not that man think he shall receive wisdom or anything of the Lord, because the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Look, look at the place once again of faith. It's not that God isn't given. It's that we're not receiving. We've got to better, be better receivers because he's a great giver. Every good and perfect gift is from above comes down from the Father of lights. And there's no very much neither shadow of turning. So he has given every good thing. He gave us Jesus. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? It's not a matter of the giver. The giver doesn't have to get better. The receiver does. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Next one, we receive healing. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And that same chapter, verse 29, says, According to your faith, be it unto you. And so, praise God, we can by faith receive our healing and be made whole. And finally, Matthew 6 and verse 30. And again, if this doesn't cover every aspect of our life, our lives, I don't know what does. Wherefore, of God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow's cast into the oven, how, how shall he not much more clothe you, O you of humongous faith? No, O you of what kind of faith? 
The Bible talks about no faith, little faith, great faith, strong faith, perfect faith, right? It talks about all those different levels of faith. But if he said, if you can't believe that your God, who is your Father, will provide what you need for sustenance, these are necessities. We're not talking about luxuries. We're talking about necessities. Food to eat, water to drink, clothes to wear, house to live in, etc. Oh, ye of what? Little faith. So all these things, our lives are to be conditioned to live by faith. We've stepped into another realm, and that is the spiritual realm, and it functions on faith. So we've got to believe that all that he's done for us is already done for us. And what we need to do is to praise him for it because praise is the highest expression of our faith in God. Praise you. I bless you for saving me. I praise you for delivering me. I can't hold it any longer. Let's stand up and praise him for a moment. Can we do that? Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God, toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.